like I can read, like I'm not an idiot. Be like, I, I can, I, mean, I can come up with 12 words in a day to, you know, write down. Let's not a, push a it. Let's document. not push it. Sorry. 11 <laughs> words, 10 to 11. Yeah. God damn. Like these <laughs> fucking expectations. This tape of tape podcast. <laughs> And always, Springer, how are we doing today, brother? Dude, doing so good. We're sitting here watching the third game of the Stanley Cup Finals here, just you and I. We're like, watching, you know what? Watching a little game three. Can't watch get enough little, of it. Dude, it's, it's been pretty good so far. I mean, compared to game two, this game three is looking not terrible, which is good. We'll take it. It's, it's at least looking like an actual hockey game. Yeah, right. Uh, and right. I, I, I can comfortably say I, I don't think this one will end as a football score. However, <laughs> I have been proven wrong before, so it just might be another touchdown versus a shutout. We'll see. Dude, I mean, game two could not have been farther from what game one was. Oh, I know. Game one was electricity, just absolutely coursing through my veins. I mean, every shot was fun to watch. Every shift was fun to watch. Like those game one, you could tell every single person on the ice was playing some of their best hockey this season. Oh, absolutely. Well, it was one of those games too that, like, you know, I had on and my girlfriend was sitting there, kind of just you know, piddle farting like on her phone or on the switch or whatever. Naturally, and come overtime. She was like, she had everything off and she was watching overtime with me. Like, that's yeah. just kind of how good Dude, it was. That, what what did they say that that was one of the quickest overtime goals in Stanley Cup Finals history? I think it was like the fastest in the last like 50 something years or something. Like, wow, I, I might have that stat wrong. You know, as as we uh, typically say on this podcast, everything we say is 100 percent true. Uh, don't bother to fact check it because. Of course, we are knowing we we know everything we're talking about. Yeah, we're experts. I mean, we got our degrees in this, right? Oh, of so. course, I got my degree in hockey. And Same. Fun fact for those of you that, that didn't know, they, you know, can't do that. No, you can't, and that's bullshit. Springer, we should actually petition for that. We should petition to major in hockey. We should. Speaking then, of that, we do have a very special guest today who basically damn near got his degree in hockey. Kind of did. Kind of did. One of my good buddies, old teammate, great guy, uh, as you'll hear, also uh, the towel boy. <laughs> the towel boy. But as it turns out, tall boys can wear rings. So there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, stay, stay tuned here in a little bit for a, uh, a fantastic interview. Great, uh, great chat with, with my buddy Noah Janowski. He'll be on here in a couple minutes. But first, we got to keep talking about this series, man, because yeah. I, I – have never seen games one and two be such polar opposites of each other. Game one felt like for the first period and a half, the Avalanche are going to run away with this thing. This is yep. over. I can't believe light, the Lightning limped into this. And then all of a sudden, here come the Lightning. And they're, they're not going down without a fight. Nope. And, and they push it to OT. And then 
the Avs just shut that down immediately. Minute, so minute, fast. minute and 32 seconds in, whatever it was. Um, that team, that team is just so fast. That Avs fast, team, dude, unbelievable, unbelievable. It's they're they're fun to watch. I mean, on on both ends of the ice, they're fun to watch. Now, granted, obviously this Tampa team, they're back in the cup for a reason, and special especially with a stacked Eastern Conference or yeah, Eastern yeah. Conference like yeah. we saw this entire year. I mean, the fact that they they kind of you know crawled into the playoffs. And the fact that they're back in the cup just kind of shows that they have such a solid core team where this, this abs team is very similar in that sense with a lot of guys who are a bit younger, but also just fast to speed. So and I think that that, fast, dude. that is what has kept them in as long as they've been in, obviously, because they're in the cup, but like, you know, the speed that this team has and the way that they're able to kind of just read their teammates and just be able to outskate their opponents. Well, is and, and what's, crazy, what's, what's crazy and awesome about it is it almost feels like they are turning it on and off when they feel like, like whenever they please, it's like, Oh, Oh, we, we, we just went down by one. Okay. Hey boys, let's get one. And then all of a sudden the gas is on and these guys are, you know, getting two on ones every other 40 seconds. So like, yeah, it's it's been insane to watch that. Definitely uh, not something we've seen in the past couple of years. We've seen a lot more gritty cups than we have, you know, high high speed offenses. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where Tampa has struggled to contain the, this Avalanche team. Is they're not used to seeing a, a team that has speed like this at any point. I mean, I'm trying to think in the, in the past couple of years who might who might like compare to this Avalanche team, and I don't think there is one. I don't think there's a team that the Lightning would have faced at any point in time in the past three years, including this year, that is similar to this Avalanche team. I think you can argue maybe the Panthers, maybe. I, I think the Panthers also played with a lot of grit, though, and they just yeah. happened to score a lot. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was the team that took them out before they started going on these crazy Stanley Cup runs, the uh, – Columbus Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets. But that if was you remember that, that was, team. That was that was four years ago. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the team that took them out. Yeah, right before they went on those crazy cup right. runs. It was the right. team that took them out game one after they won the President's Trophy. Yes, that's right. Which, for those of you who don't know, the President's Trophy is awarded to the team with the most points or basically the most wins in the regular season. It's, so it's it basically right saying, yeah, through the regular season, they were the best team. They had the best yep. record, the most points. They 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 were the number one team in the NHL through the regular season. Uh, it's kind of funny because they they say there's a bit of a curse that comes with winning that President's Trophy. They do. When, when was the last time a President's Trophy winner also won the Cup? It's been Ooh. a while. It's been a while. It has been. I couldn't give you the exact year, but it's, I mean... That's one of those things where you almost don't want to win that. And for a minute there, the Avs were looking like they were going to win it this year. So I wonder, I wonder if they almost stepped off the gas for a game and they were like, let's, let's let Florida have it. Definitely yeah. not okay, knowing, so, knowing their coach, but definitely not the way that they were playing. However, 
So looks like the last team to win the cup and the president's trophy was the Chicago Blackhawks, 2012-2013. God, I hate the Blackhawks. I just wish I would have never known that. Anyways. <laughs> hey, the more you know. Right? Yeah, the more I wish I, mean, I didn't know. But Shit, dude. Okay, okay. So we talked we, we covered game one. I mean, sick overtime winner from Burakovsky there. Uh, that was sick. Just an absolute unbelievable pass. Great Barry. I mean, what are you going to do if you're Vassy in that sense? Um, I'll tell you what you're not going mean, to do if you're Vassy in that sense. You're not going to turn around in game two and give up seven goals, even though that's what he decided to do. Because holy shit, was that an absolute throttling, throttling I, from the avalanche. And I was so stoked to like Saturday night primetime on national TV right, on ABC. Right. right. And that's the kind of performance you give. Like, oh, I was just so mad. Like, I, I, you know, from the fan of the game as a whole and trying to grow it, it sucked that that was the primetime game that you put out was a seven to nothing, seven absolute nothing. ass whooping. It oh, was, my God, dude. It was, yeah, it was bad. Like, I even turned it off, I think, at the end of, like, the second period. I rightfully so. I, I mean, unfortunately, I was at a wedding and I didn't get to watch. But I mean, when I saw the first period was three nothing, I was like, "Doesn't seem like there's much to be watching." Quite honestly, no. Uh, no. That, it was just. I don't think Tampa ever at any point had any chance in that game. They've they've been showing all of the stats from this first period tonight in Game Three, in comparison to the entirety of Game Two stats. Right now, after one period, compared to the entire game of game two, the lightning have almost, if not more than double the chances they had in game two entirely in just this first period. Uh, like what an abysmal showing. Oh yeah. Like if I, if I was the lightning and granted, this is coming from some random kid that lives in Kansas city. So obviously, you know, <laughs> fuck me, but I would be embarrassed to show my face. If I just got throttled 7 nothing in game yeah. two of the Stanley Cup Finals, I would literally be embarrassed to show my face. And tonight would say a lot about who not each individual player is as a person, but also who this team is. And, you know, do you want to be remembered as the team that, hey, we won two cups and then we got destroyed by the Avalanche? Or we three-peated. Or, or at the very minimum, Maybe not even three-peated. Gave them a run for their money, though. So yeah. far, this series has felt just very avalanche-heavy. And I know game one with the overtime, but even, even with it going to overtime, I, I still had the sense and the feeling that the avalanche were in control of that game. Um, oh, yeah. Even as yeah. the lightning came back and as they went into OT, I still yep. felt like the avalanche were in control. I feel the same way. And I think it's just, yeah, it's been a very Avs heavy series just in general. And I mean, granted, obviously game two was a seven to nothing ass whooping. So it's felt very Avs heavy, but so far, I mean, as at time of recording, we're, Oh, we're done with the first period and it's uh two to one lightning. So they, they, they do seem to be a little better right now. They're, I, I, dude, I'll I'll say though, Vassy does not look like Vassy. He just doesn't. Uh, that, that the goal that was disallowed, which was a tight one, uh, I do think they got the call correct. It, yeah. it was offsides. I did see white in between the puck and the blue line, but yeah, 
That being said, it was still a weak goal to give up. And you can argue it got tipped, it got yada, yada, yada. doesn't matter. That thing's not going more than 15 miles an hour. I, you got to at least get some sort of body part on it. And the fact that Vassy just didn't see it there, yeah. um, it's tough, man. I, I, I think he's in his own head a little bit. And I'm yeah. curious to see how the next two periods go and how he's able to respond, um, how the Avs are able to respond, being down for the first time in this series. Um, how how Tampa responds being up for the first time in the series, and if they can continue to uh, keep keep the foot on the gas, or if they're gonna they're gonna fall apart and let the Avs take a three zero series lead. Is this really the first time that Tampa's been up in the series? It is. Holy cow! And we are at game three. Game three. That I mean, that kind of blows my mind a little bit. I don't I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Here's here's another crazy, crazy. stat, and I I mean I I know we probably won't get a chance to record post game before we post the episode, but not sure how this stat's going to hold up. The Colorado Avalanche are currently undefeated on the road this entire playoffs, the entirety of this playoffs. They have won three series, and they have not lost on the road. That is astounding. They are in. I believe one behind the record, maybe two behind the record for uh, most games, phenomenal. most games, won, most games in a row, one on the road in the finals. That is phenomenal. So that's definitely, definitely something to keep in mind here. Uh, but I think if, if they do tie it and or break it, it means the cup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, literally if they, if they tie it, it's yeah, they win the cup, which is, yeah phenomenal i mean yeah to win two games at home pretty much is almost guaranteed winning the series you know so you'd like to hope so but i mean yeah. you look at you look at you look at tampa this is their third time going down 2-0 did they go down 2-0 to toronto i think they did yeah i think no, they, they did. Went, yeah yeah they did yeah yep and they went down 2-0 to the rangers and they're now down 2-0 to the to the abs this is not a spot that the Lightning are uncomfortable being in. They've done it yeah. almost every single series this entire playoffs. They've gone down 2-0, or 0-2, sorry. They've gone down yeah. 0-2, and then they, they battle back. They win at home when they need to, and then they get one of those road games, and, and that's all she wrote. So I'm not saying the Lightning are going to come back. I'm just saying tonight's a big game. We're going to see how it plays out. I've got a lot of excitement for it. Springer, I know you're excited for it. No, buddy, um, I'm stoked. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great one. And I think Stanley Cup that, Finals, baby. Stanley Cup Finals. I think with that, we're going to jump into the interview with Noah. Hope you all enjoyed. It was great. We'll uh, catch up with you after the fact. And uh, we'll see you then. Take it away, boys. Noah, how you been, man? How's, how's the day going? How's the Monday treating you? Pretty good. Uh, I literally just got off of work a little while ago, like 30 minutes ago, and nice. went to, yeah, went to Wawa. It's Hoagie Fest right now. So if you, uh, Hoagie, which Hoagie six, Fest? Yeah, it's Hoagie Fest. $6 classics. Unreal. What a deal, eh? And uh, $6 so classics. $6 classic. Picked up a turkey hoagie because I was painting basketball courts for in the sun for like five or six hours. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, so pretty pretty hot one here in the Philly area, and uh, but yeah, that classic re- revived me legitimately. Like you, I would have thought I was diabetic with the low blood sugar I was feeling. So, <laughs> and then, um, 
and I picked up my tips from my other job because you know two jobs not a big deal. This guy works. Uh, not a big deal. An absolute workhorse. Just yeah. Unit. I mean, like I'm in the corners of life. You know, I just I work. So um, it, it is what it is. And I picked up some money, and uh, now I'm on this this call with you two, Jamokes. So I love those? it. I love it. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. Jesus. Uh, well, yeah. For uh, for those of you who uh, are not familiar, don't don't know. Uh, my, my good buddy, longtime friend, longtime player, uh, teammate. I mean, he's, he's, he's worn a lot of different names, uh, having to associate with Dom, but, uh, I would would say lifelong friend first and foremost, uh, Noah Janowski is here with us on the pod today. Uh, kid's an absolute beaut, just, just a stud of a guy. We, we've got some amazing things to talk about. Um, Obviously, he mentioned Philly, so we'll get into Torts here in a little bit. See what he thinks about Ooh. see what he thinks about the Flyers looking to shape up their seasons uh, moving forward. Um, Noah, you were also at UMass for four years, three or four years. Um, yeah. And what was yeah. your what was your specific title with the team? Because I don't want to butcher that. No, so I mean, like uh, on my LinkedIn, it says hockey operations assistant, but like you could you could really more so like. Uh, like student manager i suppose but it, okay. i mean you're you're really either way there's not really a great like title that encapsulates everything that you know necessarily came with the role i think yeah. hockey well, operations assistant is is pretty kick-ass uh, yeah. i mean it sure it sure beats uh you know student manager <laughs> that's why that's why again that's why it's on the linkedin that's why it's on the resume we're trying to get employed out here so uh um right now the unemployment checks not not cashing uh oh, like God. i said two jobs two jobs but you know that's right. it was hockey operations assistant so that was my that was my role that's so sick but i mean that actually kind of brings us to like one of our i guess first questions was like with because you were saying it doesn't really encapsulate the entire role so like what did like a day-to-day yeah. in the life look like for what, you what, what does that role look like um so you know, this year was really interesting um, for a number of reasons, because uh, coming back off of COVID, like I, I didn't get to work my junior year, um, the year the program won a national championship uh, due to, you know, COVID not living in the bubble. But this year was a little different for me because I was a full time student uh, for the first half of the for the first half of the year. And then I graduated a semester, but stayed in Amherst for second half of the season or second semester to graduate and walk. So like the the first semester and like my sophomore year, freshman year, I mean, it was a grind. So, it, I mean, it'd be, uh, we, we always have practice at three o'clock. Like that was when the boys were on the ice, like give or take 10 minutes or so. So, um, I would have my classes all morning. Um, you know, I, I took like 15 credits a semester, so nothing crazy, but like, um, I, I would have two or three classes in the morning, maybe a class after at night, but I'd usually get to the, get to the rink around, one thirty ish maybe like one one o'clock like to, to two o'clock and then um from there it would be you know i'd be uh in the locker room setting up jerseys for practice making sure uh you know the tape in the locker room was full all all, all that kind of stuff like basically making sure everything for the day was going to be set up there and then setting up the bench for practice making sure we had the right steel sets for each guy because each guy had like um four to five even maybe six sets of steel. So um, making sure we had the right case. Uh, Cause like during practice, I would change, like guy would come over like a little hockey pit stop, change the steel, go right back out on the ice. Um, 
And then, now, you know, real, just real quick, Noah, for, for some of the listeners that might not know, explain what, explain what steel is, explain what. Oh, okay. So is. like steel. So like in a lot of the new skates, um, like, uh, especially with Bauer, like we were at Bauer school these past few years, um, there's a trigger and, and the steel is the actual blade itself. Opposed, like from the, there's a boot, like the skate boot. Then there's like the toque or the holder. And then there's the blade, which I know super exciting, but, <laughs> but like the, for so long like if you wanted to take the steel out or whatever like when we were kids and we played like you'd have to unscrew it do a whole deal but now they have a trigger thing so these guys each have um like five to six custom blade like blades that are custom to their profile their edge that they want you know whether it be five eighths a half three quarters etc um that you know we would have on hand so that you know if they come to like they go second drill to practice they go wipe out and say they lost an edge. They can come over to me, say, Jano, I need new, new blades. And then I'd swap them out as quick as I can get them back on the ice. Um, and then otherwise for the rest of the day, it would be like, you know, practice itself. Um, some days I might have to video prep. Like when I was younger, I would have to video the practices sometimes um, and work with our hockey operations director to like get the camera set up, whatnot. And then it would be the super fun part of the day of laundry um, after <laughs> practice which honestly, like at first I hated because it was like stinky and gross, but then I was like, it's basically just like my gear or whatever. Um, so it's really not that big a deal. Started wearing gloves, you know, very clean. Uh, I love, it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Big time group. And then, I mean, from there it was just uh, uh, doing, you know, as I got older and, and more comfortable and uh, more mature in the role, trying to be more proactive about setting things up for the next day and, and that, but I mean, it, in those like, times of there's always like it could be a 30 second window where I myself am not doing something and like the athletic trainer uh Mark Paquette who's like unbelievable guy worked in the pros for a long time um you'd be like Jano I need something can you help me with this or um again like hockey operations directors like we because we had two there in my time so then might they might need something and then like the coaches might need just just helping whoever in the program might might need something is also I mean again kind of just part of gotcha so, so job, every, yeah. every, every day was kind of different. Like you just, there was. Yeah, very, very much so. And then like the second semester, I wasn't in any classes. So I would get to the rink at like 1245 and just like partially just because I love being there and like right. love the boys and love, yeah. I mean, like that we had. Um, so I was like super fortunate to come, you know, be around the program when I was not only for the success we did, but or we, we had in my time there, but. Um, like we got a crazy locker room renovation going into this year. So it's beautiful. And um, it'd be a great place to hang out. Like there was a giant TV in there. We'd play chill or whatever and hang out or uh, just then I'd have more time to get what I needed to do done for my job and be a little bit less stressed going through that. So um, it, it would usually be like five to six hours for a practice day. And then a game day is like, 10 to 14 hours to the rink, depending on like how much there is to do. And, 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 you know, if it was a home back to back or what travel day, that kind of thing. So um, it was busy. Uh, it was extremely worthwhile. It was, um, it, it taught me so much ups and downs were crazy. Um, but I, I wouldn't trade the experience of the world. Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's I mean, I was ask. extremely fortunate. Extremely yeah, no fortunate. Kidding. So, so how did, how did you get into that role? You know, like let's, kind of kind of reaching out to the audience viewer base maybe that's something they'd be interested in or a good foot in the door kind of to the game of hockey how did how did you come into this even if it was as simple as I had connections and I knew guys I mean that that is what it is for me so like I I 
it's actually really funny how it all like came together because I looked at UMass, like, I mean, Dom knows this, like I went to school, high school in Kansas city. Like, it's not like I had, I would moved around a lot, but I had no connection to, excuse me, New England or Massachusetts or anything. Um, and then, you know, I didn't really know where I wanted to go to college or where I wanted to do and, and stuff. And my dad had told me about UMass because um, a really good friend of his, his son went there for sports management. And he was like, I think that would be something you'd be really interested in. If you check out the program, like it, like you should totally check it out. And like he had, he currently manages the team um, and you could have an in there. I was like, great. So, uh, you know, my junior career didn't uh, go the way I had hoped it did uh, or was going to going into it like shocker, but uh, <laughs> it turned out not to be as good as I thought. Crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, so I, I was fortunate because he, the kid I, I knew his name, is Steve Trackenberg, he's actually a director of hockey operations for UMass now. Um, he, uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman and he would have been a junior if I was a, when I was a freshman, had I not taken a gap year. So senior when I was a freshman, um, went in and knew him, but I have a job at a father son hockey camp in Minnesota called hockey and sons. And, um, one of the, one of the guys who has come there the past couple of years is a, is a great guy named Todd Woodcroft. He's currently the head coach at Vermont. And at the time he was an assistant coach for Winnipeg and, uh, he knew our head coach, Greg, who, Greg Carvel, who, like, again, like, unbelievable person. Um, so Woody gave me Carve's phone number. And, like, I, like, looking back, it's hilarious to think, like, me at 18, who didn't know our head coach at the time, or, like, I, like, I thought going in, it would be more like um, how basketball managers work, where, like, they're on the court, like, doing, they work more so for the coaching staff than, like, I work, my boss right. starts up a bit our equipment manager. So um, I texted Carve like before I even got to UMass and was like, Hey coach would be great to be a student manager. Like I, I love hockey. Like so-and-so gave me your phone number. And he was like, yeah, like come meet me at, at my office. Like when you get on campus and like Carve couldn't have been better to me during my time there and during that process. But like um, it just kind of funny how it all came together. And then, you know, I showed up on campus my first day, texted, texted Steve. He gave me my boss's phone number, Josh Penn and texted Penner. and was like, when can I come in? Went in. And ever since I was a laundry guy. So blue collar. <laughs> laundry, guy. laundry guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's, listen, like you said, I'm a man of many names. There were many names that, you know, my friends or, or whatever, like threw at me or people would try to like, like people would call me towel boy or whatever. Be like, yeah, and I'm a towel boy with a ring. So how does that sound? <laughs> like, like, what are you? What are you? I'll be, like, I'll, I'll be a towel boy all day if it means I get a ring. Are you, are you yeah, kidding like, me? Like, yeah. I got to UMass and maybe, and I don't know if, like, this is a question you guys are going to ask me, but, like, I realized how far I was away from, like, accomplishing my goals, which is, like, sounds kind of funny and, like, sad at the same time, where it's, like, I didn't realize how good Division One hockey is. And, like, I thought I – if I like, you know, grinded it out and like maybe got to the null at some point, like I could maybe get to like a low level, like D1 school and like all D1 hockey is unbelievable. But like, right. You know, I came in my freshman year and it was Kale McCarr and it was like, I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, I'm so bad. Like I could never do this. I thought I was good. Like these guys <laughs> are so much better than I could ever have dreamed of being like, and, and that made me feel a lot better about like not getting to that level. So um, I have no shame in, in, you know, what I did and working in a, and trying to work in a sport role for 
at yeah. this higher level. Well, I mean, you know, you, you need all you need all roles at every level 100%. to keep things rolling. So whether you're uh, the towel guy or whether you're Kale McCarr, <laughs> yeah, a uh, little you know, bit of a every, difference there in the every, pecking order, every, but 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 at the end of the day, everybody, everybody contributes in some way, shape, or form. So no doubt. So you mentioned you mentioned Kale McCarr. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit of the of the current playoffs, and then we'll get kind of more into like your background and where you're coming from. What have uh, what have what have kind of been your thoughts as we've gone through these playoffs, and what uh, what what have you enjoyed seeing? I mean, this guy is the greatest defenseman I feel like I've ever watched. I don't like I don't I, like obviously I have some bias in that. Of course. Um yeah. but like he's probably like like I would say he's top 3 di- most dynamic skater in the world up there with like McDavid and McKinnon. Like that would be my group. I mean, he's been he's been unbelievable to watch. The, I mean, Colorado's obviously a wagon and and they're unbelievable and they have so many great players and, and he would tell you that first and foremost. And, you know, I'm also like, I, I wasn't best friends with Kale. Um, I got to know Taylor a little bit better this year because Taylor was on our team this past year, his younger brother um, than I did Kale. But uh, I mean, he's, he's such an unbelievable player. And I mean, I, every, every time he accomplishes something new, like, like it's a new, like, Oh, he was the only guy to do that. Seems like Bobby or something like, Paul, the other night it was like a Paul Coffee stick. Paul Coffee, like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Him yep. and Paul, yep. it was him and Paul Coffee, and I'm like, oh yeah, like casual. Like I, I'm like, how like the, I think about like the how mind-bogglingly like good he is, and, and it's wild because like how good he is at hockey is how good he is as a person. Just like he's an incredible person, he deserves okay, so all of this. So I was, like, I was gonna, I was gonna follow that up with like, um, you know, kind of how was he as a guy, and then on top of that, what was his competitive mentality because i don't know if you guys saw the uh interview uh post post game two with, with yeah when he was like no and, i'm and, not and celebrating she, she goes she whatever. goes you know big big win for you guys tonight you're gonna go celebrate and he goes no and just got up first and walked of all, away first of all first of all i mean first of all can we talk about like like what kind of stupid question is that like that, you're asking gotta be a the hockey dumbest. player you gotta be the yeah, dumbest like, Second dumbest because that's uh, I don't know if it was her or another lady. I think it was, it was Leah Hextall asked Wayne Simmons this year if he was soft on national TV. Moron. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, oh. like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. But oh, second, like Wayne Simmons. Like, you're yeah. At, okay. Anyways, um, so Kale as a human being, like the most humble, down to earth, like very quiet, very mild manner. Like, um, he. Uh, Again, I wasn't I wasn't his best friend by any means. I'll never claim to like his best buddy or any means. But um, you know, I had some good experiences with him that freshman year. I mean, whether whether it be like you know, we used to have weekly poker games that I would sometimes be a part of if the boys needed needed a body oh, to like sit there and lose money. Ass. Yeah, so like the, I've <laughs> I've like I could give you like a couple good stories from like oh me. please like, do I caught a okay Wait, so we'll like take them that's that's what okay, we're here so, for <laughs> yeah sure so I caught a Fortnite dub with Kyle McCarr not a big deal. That's that's kick ass. Yeah, it was like one night. I'd put that on my resume. I would. Yeah, I would. Dude, actually, it's gonna bump. (laughs) It's actually gonna bump like my my dean's list status GPA like from school. (laughs) I'm just Fortnite dub. Um, No, but Kale McCarr. Yeah, I mean, so it was like I get like Kale. Kale. I don't know if he had his own Xbox or whatever, but like he would jump on occasionally. The other, I would always play with. uh, I played with like I was really tight with a guy named Mark Delgado who's in the Predator system right now. And, like, so I would just be on Xbox once in a while. The guys would send me, like, very once in a blue moon, the guys would send me an invite because this is my freshman year at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, 
I wasn't even like traveling or anything yet. Like I was just there day to day and then for home games. Um, so I get invited to a party one night. It's like Oliver Chow, who was on Quinnipiac this year. And then I want to say it was Chafee, who was in the wild system, actually. Yes, sir. And, then, and then Kale. And I play, I might have played like two games Fortnite, caught a dub. I don't remember if I was good or bad. I was probably like so-so because that's how I am as a Fortnite player. Like just <laughs> deal, like do my job kind of thing and like right. try not to die. Not trying to overextend myself, you know, play your limit or know your limit, play within it kind of thing. Um, and then, and this is like prime Fortnite days, like build building days right. too, not a big right. oh, yeah. So, so, and then the, the really actually good story I have of like, the only story I can really like claim is like me and Kale's story be like, so it's one of these poker games and um, one hand came down to us two, And like, you know, we, I, everybody else folded real early. We stay in for like every card on the right. Texas Hold'em. Right. And, and I think it was, it was a pretty big pot. I don't, I don't think I was like all in or anything. Or, and, <laughs> and I won the hand and I like, Dom knows this, like Springer. I, I don't know you very well, but like I'm an extremely competitive person for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> just so like, yeah, and um, so like I didn't like no, I, I had no grass again. I like a little bit of my head, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go, sucker. To Kale McCarr, fucking McCarr. Three feet next to me and looks at me just like, who is this kid? Like, what is he? And like, Kale, Kale, if Kale won, he would have been like, ah, tough hand, bud. Like, or like, something like that to me. But I'm just like a psycho and like lost my mind. And and so yeah, like he. Oh, but, that's but hilarious. Can, yeah, and then to so just go back, I don't want to. Sorry, I'm like talking so much. No, dude, 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 this please. is why we had you on. This is why we had okay. you on. Sorry, um, but uh, sorry, uh, but uh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sorry about my stories. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so Kale, uh, oh shoot, but his competitive spirit that's what you asked. Um, so he's like very quiet demeanor, um, very humble, lead by example. He was a guy that like he was always on the ice late after practice, like mm-hmm. always working on something, usually out there early. I was never at the rink in the morning, but I know there was like a slot open for guys in the morning, and I'm and I used to hear that he was on the ice quite a bit then. Um, so he was just a guy who lived in the rink and uh, he wore an A my sophomore year. It was the year he won the Hobie Baker. So like, I think he was the most dominant player I've ever seen in person at any level. Like wow. day to day, mm-hmm. watching him in practice was the craziest thing. Like the craziest experience I, of my yeah, life. Yeah. So like walk us through like in, in practice or, you know, playing, playing within the, within, within UMass. Uh, like, was he just above and beyond? dangling kids left and right like i mean like yes and no like so like we had a nasty team that year like we went to the right. national championship right yeah. so like we had mario ferraro who's a second round pick who's been in the nhl and hasn't lived a day in the ahl like since he's like got the sharks camp won a job and has been there was an assistant captain this year animal mario right. ferraro is one of the is the hardest worker i've ever seen in my life okay and then like john leonard uh who's in the who's Went up and down in the AHL, also for the Sharks. Um, trying to think who else we had on the team. Uh, Tre- Trevino was a freshman, um, and he's on the Rangers now. Um, he didn't play in the playoffs, but he just signed with them, played in Hartford for the rest of the year. I mean, like, we were loaded. We had Philae Lindbergh, who's, who's drafted by the Wild, but he signed with Pittsburgh. And, like, w- we have so many guys on that team that were so nasty. 
And so we went to the national championship and, and in practice, like, yeah, like tails, tail. Like he, it, it, this thing that always is, is his skating. His skating is so like different and dynamic and next level. And uh, he's unbelievable. At, like reverse hits. I don't know if you guys like notice it in the games a lot, but he, he's like one of the best reverse hitters I've ever seen. Um, so like always seeing that, but I mean, his, his composure with the puck, his poise, his vision, I mean, so special. And then like, he doesn't have like the craziest one timer, but like, I swear to God, his wrist shot is like the most accurate thing I've ever seen in my life. Like he would just walk the blue line power play and like just night, 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 corner, corner. <laughs> like it was just stupid. And then like the crate, like to give you guys like a, some perspective, like one of the craziest things I ever watched is Kale McCarr, Mario Ferraro, and then our captain at the time, Nico Hovenbrand. It's like after practice, the last three guys on the ice. And this just speaks to how good like these guys are, like all division one guys are like that. They can just like dick around and like do this, but like what, like they were, so what they were doing was they, they were standing at the goal lines and then like one of them would be at the, the red line, like in center ice. And they yeah. would take one tees. They were like one tee in the puck and it would, so like, whatever, like Mario and, and Nico are both like crushing the puck. They're giant. They're strong. Right. I swear to God, I watched Kale hit the crossbar five times in a row. Like it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Just like, stupid I, accurate. On a one yeah, tee. Like I, yeah, on a one, one tee from, from, from the middle of the ice. Center ice. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this is also like the puck is coming from super far away. Like, right. With some pace on it. It's not like you're getting like a little like baby, like, uh, like from five feet away. Like, right. Like this is a division one guy passing you the puck at full speed and then you hitting it as hard as you can and nailing the crossbar like three to five times in a row. I don't remember. Like, I know I said five times in a row. It, it was some, some streak. It was insane. I remember being 18, 19 and being like, I was never, ever, ever <laughs> going to make it. <laughs> that was, that, that was, was the moment, that was the moment it clicked. It was like, Oh my God. Any, any I tiny bit of hope I had of maybe like, Oh, I'll stay around the game. I'll keep playing. Like I'll stay in shape. Watching yeah. that just had to drain all of it. You know, well, maybe this like, cowboy gig isn't too bad. Yeah, honestly. Well, honestly, I think it, it really wasn't even like it made me like feel bad. It really like alleviated the pressure I put on myself like for yeah. years to be like, yeah. oh, yeah. like I could work if I worked harder. Like, and for me, it was like Dom knows me. Like I, I was heavy for a long part of my life until I was like 15. Mm-hmm. And then I got in better shape and worked out a lot more and like put a lot more into my game from like 15 to 18 when I stopped than I ever did before that. So, uh, you know, I was like, oh, if I could have done – no, never, never. These kids live on a lake and, and wherever they are, like, Kale's in Alberta, so he's like Calgary. Like, they, they have some body of water. They're on the ice constantly. They're so skilled. They're so calm and confident. Like, they're just it's, – it's different, man. It's different. I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay, so let's, let's, let's jump back a little bit. Let's go okay. – uh, you know, we, we covered a decent amount about UMass. Let's start, like – from where you started. So like what got you into hockey? Where did you start? Why did you start? Kind of just break, break it down for, even if it was simple as, you know, my dad loved it. So I started playing it like, cause I mean, that's, that was my story, but you know, yeah. where, where did you start? Where, where did, where did you get into hockey? So I was four or five years old. And so it's funny, like my dad never played hockey as a kid. He didn't skate until he was 17, but he grew up in Philly. He was always a Flyers fan. And uh, at the time we were, I was born in South Jersey, but at the time we were living like in, or right outside of Syracuse, New York. 
Um, so I started learning to play on the Onondaga reservation uh, for a team called like the Onondaga Thunder. Um, I cried so hard during my skating lessons, like as a kid, like four, whatever it was, four or five years old, my skates hurt. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got started then. And, uh, you know, I moved around a lot and it was, you know, always the constant in my life. It was, um, you know, as Dom knows, uh, like I, I love the game more than damn near anything. And like, I, I, even though like I wasn't, you know, working so much on myself off the ice, like when I was young and immature, like, like I, I just care. I loved the game and I loved my teammates that, you know, didn't hate me for being Jewish or anything. And <laughs> which, sorry, that was a little dark, but <laughs> dealt with some anti-Semitism on the way, but of course, um, yeah. yes. But, uh, you know, like I, I just loved the game and, and, uh, played travel throughout my childhood and, and, uh, you know, was, was fortunate to, uh, like, I feel very fortunate to have had all the coaches I did in, in Syracuse and when I moved back to North Jersey and played for like the junior devils. And then, um, and like, that was really cool as a little kid getting to wear a devil's Jersey. Cause like, yeah. at, uh, and that was pretty dope. And then moving to Kansas city, you know, I was like, I was very humbled. I thought I was like, Oh, I was, I was just on the East coast to play for the junior devils. Like, we'll be fine. And, and I got cut my first year and, uh, and then, you know, play travel and then got cut again and then uh, kept playing and, and went on to play juniors. So, um, yeah, I just started as a kid like we all did. I love did. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, do, do you see, like, when you think back on it, is there, like, one specific influential person that that you think about, like, shaped your kind of hockey persona, I guess? Um, I think there were – it's hard to say like one person. Right. Um, mainly because like there were so like, I, I think it really like when I got to Kansas city, like so many people there shaped who I am now for better or for worse. Cause like, I mean, like speaking from like the personal experiences we had together, Dom, like, like I literally was just texting Mr. Tilly yesterday. So like Tom Tilly, <laughs> so like Tom Tilly, big, big Tom was like, big Tom, our, big Tom was our defense coach on like our PWA team. And like, same like same team mad dog like mad dog mad, shaped mad dog. <laughs> mad, jeff jeff medill certainly shaped me in, jeff in good, good and bad ways good, good um, and bad good and bad yeah uh, good and yeah. bad at the time but like looking back largely good um jim kruger was like an unbelievable coach to play for uh and then mad dog again so i i mean like they're there are so many people along the way that you know like drove me to the rink or whatever and I got to have fun conversations like like Dom and I were literally in a carpool for a year together, like with this with, kid Wesley uh, Mensel. With Wesley Mensel. <laughs> yeah. And so like like your dad, Wes's dad, like it's just like like there's so many people that I feel like I learned things from, took things from, made like helped me appreciate the game in different ways. And like, I mean, obviously the big, big one is my dad. Like it's the guy who was largely driving me to my games, like on the long road trips, especially in the Midwest. Like um you know who who did so much to provide like just the most unbelievable opportunities like for for me and my brother that he could and um I'll forever forever be grateful for that because you know as a kid you, you know you're like wow like we're traveling every weekend but like right. like now I'm like 22 obviously I have some perspective on life and things and like I understand how 
time works and like right actually being employed and like money and i'm like holy I, shit i could not am i allowed like, I, can, I, am i, I allowed to that. say like shit oh like, yeah cool with that? okay <laughs> yeah, absolutely so, like, that's the person yeah, podcast like, we don't we don't give a shit <laughs> i didn't know if you guys did like if you guys have like a moral like moral code or like <laughs> no dude our uh, moral went out the morals, door a long time went ago out the door about yeah. episode two i think <laughs> fair very fair so yeah so yeah like it's it's crazy now like like understanding all this shit that like I, I can't believe that like my parents worked as hard as they did to give me the opportunities they did and, and i hope i can deliver something close for my kids like like yeah. that's how great i, no, feel like I mean it was. dude that that's such a great way to put it is like as a kid you don't realize all of the things that your parents are going out of their way for um, yeah 100%. You know, to, to make to make happen for you oh, yeah. and, and then you you get to being an adult and starting to like kind of see the aspects of that and you're like i'm sorry we're traveling how often uh every weekend okay and staying in hotels every weekend and like yeah on top of well, that we're paying like, fees and practice fees and like oh my god who, the, who like, in the fuck okayed this <laughs> yeah like who has the money for this like yeah. I, yeah i go to wawa like i went to wawa today for my six dollar classic and i was like this one's gonna six, break the bank six, I don't six know. is a bit much <laughs> i could have went to mickey d's and picked up a dollar burger like no but um get the um, buyer's remorse on a sandwich yeah literally like i mean i'm not gonna like vomit it back up but whatever so um anyways <laughs> like yeah it, it's so wild and uh i mean i think like i don't met i i didn't mention her but like my mom same thing like she of course. like i, mean, I, I almost respect, both parents, like, yeah yeah obviously i almost like respect I respect, obviously I respect both of them for what they did and all the things, but like, I, like my mom, like my dad likes hockey, like in my free time in his free time, my dad thinks about hockey. Like right. my mom <laughs> does not. And like, <laughs> like, I think she appreciates the game. Like I know she appreciates the game and stuff, but like she put in so much time, like, and sat in so many cold ass rinks oh for my like, gosh, dude. to watch us at, you know, 10, 12, 13 years old, like, like, and just, give us like the life and the opportunities that like we dreamed of and like wanted so it's like i mean you know how many kids get to say they played at bridgestone like not a lot like that was that's true yeah that was an unbelievable experience even if i got kicked out of the game but you know nobody <laughs> we don't hey you know what we don't need to talk about that <laughs> details are sh- details schmitos you know um uh, that kid it, had it coming what a pile of shit <laughs> yeah i mean it listen it, i it, i was directed by my coach um Maybe maybe maybe, maybe maybe also wasn't the best directing from a coach either to tell him. Yeah, to listen, go, we said to good tell you to go bad. board a kid, but I mean, we said good. We said good coming. and bad. We said good and bad, and you know his nickname was Mad Dog for a reason. Um, this was the same was coach mad. that got. This was the same coach that got a lifetime ban at uh, a rink out in Omaha because he got in an altercation and spit on another coach. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, you, you could, there's so many mad dog stories. I don't, I don't necessarily need to like me too, in some sense him, like, cause he definitely would be canceled. Like, oh definitely. my God. Quickly too. But like it, it would, it wouldn't take more than about 12 hours like that. Um, so <laughs> um, no, but like, like very much just like an old school hockey guy. He was, like, he was, like, he was just, like, he was just like, he was a hard ass that, you know, he was hard. He, was, he, he, he was, just, he was hard. He, he yeah, had a lot so, of hatred in him and whether that was from, being a kid or whether it was from losing as an adult, I don't know what it was, but that dude, Listen, just, I like to get angry too. I like to get I, angry too. I it's do fun. too, but I also, um, you know, I don't, 
Uh, I wouldn't tell children they're obese to their face. (laughs) No, no, I wouldn't do that. Or tell them to go board a guy and then they get a three-game suspension for the end the season. Or oh, a three-game sussy for that? Yeah. So yeah. Or was it five? Big deal. No, it was. Well, it was really two, but like I. So okay, so here's what happened, Springer. So I get so. Really, really, it was the other team's fault because they started this. Because they, <laughs> they hit. Well, no, no, he, he, he's completely right. Like they. Okay. I'm being this, serious. This, this, this kid was a pile of garbage. This kid, that, this that kid hit the first hit. This kid hit my. So he hit my my best buddy Ian Jones, who like, it, very good friend of Dominic's art. Dom, I actually yeah. had a great picture of like you, me, Blow Tills, and Jonesy from the lake last year. Uh, oh, so just pop up. Come up the it. other day. I yeah, it was great. We need, but, to, we need to see what they're up to and see if we can't all get back out there. Oh yeah, no doubt. But so kid hits Jonesy. Jonesy's like one of our great buddies. And yeah. then hit and then same kid hits a uh, girl who was on our team, Madison Doucette, who is legitimately like a better athlete than all of us now, like plays goalie at Northwestern lacrosse, like one oh, wow. a U one like a U twenty medal for USA lax. Like she's nasty. Um Jeez. hit her and and so mad dog like he calls a timeout or something with like a minute but, but like but like, like let's let's make it clear when when no says he hit them like these were not clean hits these were no they were already were dirty very very and, dirty like from behind cross check to the lower back or like oof. as as he's and, hitting he's like spearing like the well and and it was the year that usa hockey pulled back checking for peewee so it yes. was like we had just we had just been taken we had just had checking taken away from us so and it was at, like the end of the season too. So like this kid was a scumbag. And yes. And so Mad Dog calls a timeout. Keep in mind, we're up, we're up four one with like a minute fifteen left in this game. Nothing yeah. good is going to come out of this timeout. Nope, no, no, there's so, no need for a timeout to be called. Like, this, <laughs> no. this should have just been a all right, we're gonna let the minute fifteen run out. This game's gonna be We're gonna over. be mature, no. we're gonna take a high no. road. No, Mad we're Dog gonna handle did, this not with know, class. did not know what a high road was. <laughs> no, so um, this is yeah, wait, I mean, wait, wait, wait. This actually reminds me, just real quick, little tidbit uh, to add on to this coach not knowing the high road. There was one game where we were up five one uh, in the third period, and he pulled me while we were on the power play so that we could go up six one because he had to guarantee that extra goal. He pulled me. We were up five one. <laughs> so yeah, anyways. <laughs> so he pu- calls in for a timeout, and I like remember it pretty vividly honestly like him being like all right who's the best hitter on this team and like and everybody kind of looked at me because like I was still pretty heavy at the time and like I had gotten so many penalties that year for like hitting even though you like did it just be, ton of penalties but so I many kids would just that. skate up to me I and like bounce off me well no that's <laughs> true like a lot of it, a lot of it wasn't hitting it was just I wasn't Noah was even a like, sturdy boy he was just a was, sturdy boy just a sturdy they boy would, they would bounce off and they'd end up Springer, on the ground, I'm, and the, the refs like, would see it out of the corner of their eye, and they'd be like, that's a hit. Checking. I'm penalty, currently, currently 5'9", 180, like, now. And, and this yeah. is, like, I've, I've lost weight. I've gained weight to get back stronger. Like, at the time, I was probably – and I grew quick. I was, like, basically my size now at, like, age 13 or 12. And so, like, I'm, like, 5'6", like, probably a buck 90. I was fat as shit. And, like <laughs> – like, like oh man the chicken tenders and chips and sauce after scores auto but 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 uh i mean these kids would bounce off me i swear to god i legit have a picture like right here hey hey that's legit oh, there it hey. is there, there you go jersey <laughs> yeah but like kids are literally bouncing off me so i go like whatever we line up for the dot i'm also like i was a defenseman this year for this given season and i line up at wing 
So the ref really should have just been like, all right, something. Something's going to happen. Ref, ref should yeah. have called his own timeout and said, we're just going to call the game now. <laughs> Literally, that's what should have happened. That and is what so, should have happened. Um, it was getting way too chippy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, whatever. So, so I go, like, puck goes around the net. I actually, like, smoked this kid. Like, and it was it a was... clean hit. Like, it was clean, and I bodied him. Like, I threw every chicken Ounce, tender I had yes. in me. yes. <laughs> <laughs> into this kid's torso. He bounces off the 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 glass and bridgestone or whatever. And I'll never forget the ref literally grabs me by my collar and is get off the ice. Get off the ice. And I like and I like walk out and I'm like I'm like having conflicting feelings. I'm like a kid. I'm like it feels like I did something bad, but it also feels like I did something good. And and so I'm like I'm like just sitting in the locker and I'm like I wonder if I'm gonna be in trouble or if I'm gonna get a high five like honestly like that's my mo and so I just like I hear the eh, and then like 30 seconds later I just hear Gino and like it's like all of the guys on the team like running into the locker room being like Gino that was so sick oh my god <laughs> and just being I was like oh cool high fives like yeah <laughs> like what up what up what up. And then, yeah, and then I found out, like, I got suspended for the championship yeah, game in the tournament. And then, and then an hour later, that he gets a call from, from USA Hockey. And he got suspended <laughs> for two or three games, whatever it was. Well, then, and then I had to have, tomorrow. I had to have a here, I had to have, like, a on-call, like, hearing with yes. USA Hockey. No way. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, and it was, like, Ian, so Ian Jones' dad, Mike, is, like, like, is a lawyer and, like, yeah, the representative still- of USA Hockey. And, like, it was, like, actually, like, kind of a deal. Like, I got in, like, trouble for this. But it it was more so because I got told and everything. And then um, – so it's great, actually. Like, if you guys have a social media account or whatever, like, don- like find the picture of that champion. I, it's me and flip-flops going. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. and, then, <laughs> and then And then we – the next weekend we had playoffs for St. Louis League. And I was, like, I could have played if we won our first-round game. I could have played in the second game. <laughs> and we lost to Afton, who was, like, our big rivals. Well, Afton and, was also stupid good that year. Like, I mean, they went on to win. Yeah. They were they – were, yeah. They were they twice were our size, and they were miles better than we were. Comes yeah, with the so, territory of playing in St. Louis when you got rinks all over the place compared to Kansas yeah, City, where you yeah. get, you're lucky to but get like, more than I two went, practices a week. But yeah, so like I go to St. Louis, like praying to God, I get like my season's not over, and then we lost by one to Afton, and it is what it is. Like it was a really fun year of hockey, and you know, like that was the. That was last year. Dom and I got to play together. So like it that was, was yeah, it was unbelievable memories and, and stuff like that. And you know, it was pretty cool because like we had like four guys on our team in the same middle school like that year, which was really yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, and uh, so like great memes, but a hell great. of a story. Great memes. I love it, dude. I love it. Well, hey, let's uh, let's talk a little little hometown. Uh, let's talk the Flyers. Other than other Oof. than the uh, the 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 abysmal that they have been the past couple of years, let's look let's look to the future. Uh, you can still talk as much shit on me as you want because your team has cups and mine doesn't. So there's that. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's like you guys were created in like oh two two thousand whatever oh, it was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like we're like we haven't won a cup. Like there there are people that are ten years away from an ARP card that have not seen the Flyers win a Stanley Cup. Like. <laughs> Like we are a garbage poverty. Bringer, you're one of them. <laughs> like off. I, Fuck I off. hate everything about us. I hate us. Oh God, gritty, gritty. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so, so I mean, like, to get into it, I know we were going to talk about torts. Um, 
he but, definitely I mean, yeah, was no, my first could, choice. We could talk flyers all around. Just like what? Yeah. So, so I mean, flyers like, all around. I mean, like, I love Claude Giroux. I miss him dearly. Um, yeah. What are, What are, what are your large... feelings towards him going and then getting swept by the by the Lightning in Florida? <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for him. Like, I he's. I have nothing. Like, I I like can't. I I still can't believe like to this day how underrated he was during his prime. Like, like there really wasn't a two or three year stretch where you could claim he was a top five player in the world. And he, I never feel like he got that respect. Um, you know, I thought he should have won the Hart trophy the year, like one year he had 102 points. He was second in the league and he had a hat trick on the last game of the season, like to get the flyers in the playoffs. Like there's so many things, but like Claude is my favorite player. Like he, he was my guy, like growing up, uh, like my first favorite player was Mike Richards, like the early, like 2010 team, like that went to the cup and whatnot. And then, I mean, Giroux was so special. So, um, I mean, like, I, I felt so bad for him because I never felt like he's gotten the proper respect around the league. I've never felt like he's gotten the proper respect in Philadelphia where, like, people would blame him for the Flyers' struggles, even though they've been a dog shit organization for years. And, yeah. like, and then going to Florida, like, he was awesome there. He himself was awesome. And it's not like, like, obviously he's part of the team that got swept by Tampa, but, like, you know, it's one of those things where he played really well and I was rooting for the Panthers. They were my team. They were who I was rooting for first and foremost in the playoffs. Um, or well, like them in Colorado. Like I, I right. was praying to right. see that, that cup. Um, but I mean, he, I, I love Claude. I'll never say a bad word about him. He was the only reason the Flyers were watchable for most of my childhood. <laughs> That's understandable, man. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh, Would you say like, uh, other people around Philly kind of feel the same way about Drew or, or do you think they're all kind of just like, fuck him, glad he's gone? No, I don't think anybody's like, fuck him because like, it's not like, like any person. And and if to anybody who does feel that way, like I almost don't even give a shit about their opinion. Cause they obviously know so little about the game and just the circumstances of his situation, right. the flyer situation that like it, it, it made no sense for him to be a flyer past the trade deadline like there it it made no sense he on the last year of a contract if he wants to resign here awesome but like he, he was on the last year of a deal like the flyers are terrible like let's try to get something for him and and give him a chance to go win a cup so if you if you feel that way about him like you know nothing and you are irrelevant like to put yeah. it bluntly um because i don't know how to be <laughs> i don't know how to be anything but but um like around philly like it's tough like i didn't live here for most of my life so it's not like i went to school and like talk to kids and like was in the locker room talking about Claude Giroux but like sure. I think I think people around the game like know how great he was um you know that said I think the Flyers have been so mediocre for so or mediocre to now bad right for so long that like you know they've just they, like they lost so much of the like I don't want to say like market share but like kind of the market share of care of Philadelphia fans like you know the Eagles won a Super Bowl like the Sixers have Joel Embiid and have been very competitive the last couple of years. And the Phillies are actually worse <laughs> than the Flyers. So that's <laughs> Phillies. Phillies haven't made the playoffs since 2011. So never mind there. But uh, I mean, it's just like people, I, I think so many fans, and it's like me included now, are just like, not like don't care, but are just like, it's just, it's just like dejected, I think is probably the word. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so let's jump. Let's jump into 
moving forward, obviously, uh, you know, yeah, we can, we can, we can, you, all, all three of us, uh, Springer, if you want to even jump back into the Flames era, uh, all three God. of us can sit here and bitch and moan about, you know, the past 20 years and how horrible our franchises have been and how we haven't, you know, haven't gotten to see him lift a cup. But I think, uh, you know, Kraken, Wild, and possibly Flyers, depending on kind of kind of where wait, they so, decide to take Wait, hold, quick pause. Springer, are you are you a Seattle fan or like who do you who do you root for? Oh, I'm a I, yeah, I'm a I would say I guess one year in that I'm a diehard Kraken fan. Oh yeah, yeah I went to like okay. the first ever I went to the first ever preseason game. It was uh, here in Spokane. I got pretty lucky with work tickets, and uh, kind of from there I uh, officially denounced the Flames as my. He oh, did. so you were a Flames fan. He my was. team and he was, was diehard okay. Kraken from there. So I, I think I watched probably probably 70 of the 82 oh, yeah. games this entire oh, yeah. year, like just diehard. So well, not to go back to into like the UMass stuff, but like we went to Michigan this year. Yeah, yeah. And uh cool. so I, 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 oh yeah, tell, I me about him, tell me about it. I mean, like <laughs> so it was it was actually like so crazy watching that team live. Like, so I like this yeah. year was unbelievable for me. Like I was on the bench for every game. Um so like, you know, powers stupid like he's like headman oh, yeah. out there like so big and so rangy but like veneers like it, it's crazy like i think he flashes more to me on tv than he did like in person really uh, just because i can well it's more so like like standing on the bench like there's only so much i can really see like i'm sure. not it's not like no, nobody cares if i can see the game like mm-hmm. so like i'm standing there like watching the jumbotron like half right. the other people in the mm-hmm. rink because like I'm short. The guys are tall. Like, <laughs> like I can see like a window of the ice where it, like right, in, right in front of me. But like it, it was crazy. Like that line. It was it was Beneers, Kent Johnson, and uh, Brisson. I think the the mm. kid from like, and they were disgusting together. But oh, like yeah. the thing with Beneers is that like I think he's so much more defensively sound than I realized. And, like mm-hmm. he makes so many good plays. Like early, he's such a good passer. He's obviously like skates so well. And like mm-hmm. what you saw it, like when he jumped into the NHL, it was, it was pretty wild. Like it was how, un- unbelievable. It yeah, just like how it, quick he, the skill translated. Oh yeah. It was, it, it, was, was immediate. it was immediate. Yeah. He's a guy that like, it's not surprising to me that like once he got around better players, like he was naturally well. going to be, Okay, listen, man. No, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) NHL players. Um, Don't like it. it Was clear to me, even though he was basically playing with two already on his line. Um, and like actually, it was insane that Michigan was rolling a five-man lineup that legitimately was all NHLers. John, like Johnson, like what? Johnson. Well, it was four of the top five picks, Mm -hmm. and then they had like they had five first-rounders last year overall because they Mm -hmm. also had a kid like Sasha. M something. It was like crazy. He's an American kid, but he like very Russian looking last name. He's a Florida <laughs> first rounder. Um, and like, I, I mean, like they were so good, but they like, and that was the coolest arena I've, I got to see in college hockey, I think. But, um, mm. uh, Beneers is, is the real deal. Like I, I was so impressed. Those guys were ridiculous. Oh dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm so stoked to get to watch him like, and hopefully we actually like build the team around him. Cause I think yeah, that's kind of a, the plan, but I don't know, as long as we can, I'm just hoping we can get some guys in there around him. So I think he's definitely your bona fide number one guy. Like he, oh, yeah. no 100%. Doubt he's, there's no doubt he's the number one center to me or he will be like, he, he's got, I'm trying to think like, he's like, obviously anytime you bring up this name, it's like so lofty, but he's like, just in the way he moves, he's a, 
a little bit like McDavid, like a, like kind of his, his, his just his like skating style to me feels like the efficiency and the he's, crispness. He's, he's yeah, very, I can see that. He's got a lot of uh, like and his stride. I'm not saying fluid. he's like, like as he's good. very yeah. fluid. Like his his mm-hmm. motions, you know, you and can tell it's very natural and like he's a horse. Like when he gets going, so like yeah, I like I was trying to think like stylistically who he kind of reminds me of, like that like stride wise. That was kind of who it was, but I mean like he's he's obviously going to be his own player, and I think he's like a little harder. I don't want to say like harder in the corners and McDavid, like, like, yeah. like, <laughs> like, I think he's got a little bit more sandpaper to his game because he's not the most skilled player of all time. So sure. uh, like, yeah, I mean, I think Benier should be stacked, but anyways, to go back to what you, it's your guys podcast and you guys asked me about the flyers. Oh dude, um, you're good. <laughs> no, um, dude, this is all we do is, is we have like okay, a, a rough outline of like what we're, what we're hoping and where we're going to end up. And we just, it, it never, never ends up that way but it always ends up great and we're never like our notes our notes for this interview are probably like 12 words altogether so oh it's dope i I haven't thought 11 all day so that's great like that's (laughs) unbelievable you guys came up with that many words you said at least 12 i'll tell you that much (laughs) my well yeah it's because i don't shut the fuck up but like my brain compartments and departments are are all working right now so I'm firing on all cylinders. I was mindless at work today. Mindless. <laughs> well, you had to be mindless in order to put some brain power to being on the pod today. I mean, it, yeah, it's, I, mean, I can't trace the trade off. <laughs> you want me to think five hours a day? Five? No. Full hours? No. <laughs> Not yeah, happening. So, yeah. I love it. No, so, Flyers, no moving, moving to the flyers. future, as, as I was talking about, we've, we've all got yeah. our, you know, our, our teams. We could all sit here and, 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 you know, bitch and moan about the past 20 years and, and where it's looked. But, uh, I mean, Looking at the Kraken, they're, I think they've got a couple years, but then I think they, they're getting there. They're, they're, they're on mm-hmm. the right track to be there. Um, I think the Wild, obviously, as we've talked about it, they're, they're there now, and it's kind of, you know, the next couple of years are going to be very telling on whether we continue uh, on an upward slant or whether we continue to lose in the first round of every fucking playoffs. Uh, and then we got the Flyers, who – I've kind of been on the downfall the past couple of years, but it looks like they're they're taking an approach to turn things around and get back into being a, a competitive hockey team. And it seems like their their biggest move in I don't know probably the past two or three years to do that, other than than trading Claude, is uh, they've now hired uh, Torts to to head up the team and, and be the head coach. Jano, I'll, I'll let you talk first on it, just because you obviously are going to understand the flyer system more than, more than Springer and I would. So what, what are your thoughts on this? What are the moves? Uh, good, bad, mediocre in the middle. Don't know yet. Curious. What do you got? Yeah. So, I mean, my, so here's kind of my reaction to it was like, he wasn't my first choice. Um, who, who was I your first choice? If you could have, if you could have been like, trots, this is a guy. Trots. trots. Okay. trots. I mean, yeah. like, I that, just think yeah. he's, like kind of what my thought process has been is like the flyers need culture. Like we need a culture. We haven't had any sort of culture since Ed Snyder passed away. God rest his soul. Like it, the flyer away is lost. Like it's not like this is not the flyers I grew up watching and rooting for. So it's like, um, you know, I thought Trotz was a guy who he's built a, he's built winning cultures everywhere. He's been obviously Nashville with such longevity. And then, Capitals who win the cup, the Islanders like makes them so legit with not that much talent. Um, 
like on paper talent, I should say at least. Uh, and they found ways to win. And I, that was a guy who like I thought would come in and like have really good balance and build culture, even if like we weren't, you know, a very winning team for the next, like for the immediate future. Um, but I mean, Torch is interesting. I'm, I'm, I mean, he's obviously had a lot of success in the NHL. I have a lot of respect for what he's done. Like, it's not easy to ever, like anybody who's won a Stanley Cup ring obviously knows what they're talking about. Um, I just didn't, I don't think it's a great fit in terms of like, like if, if the Flyers were a team like the Wild who were like looking to take a next step and like needed some invigoration, like a change in the, a change of, um, just like a change of voice in the locker room kind of thing. Like right. I, I would have thought like that would have been a good hire. Like, cause I think that's who Tort is. He's like a guy who can come in and like, hold guys accountable and stuff but I just like I I'm skeptical to if he if he can really do it with like such a group of like young guys that is going to now need like like the Flyers are now probably going to be one of the youngest teams in the league um I mean like they kind of gave it a go with vets this year like with like signing Yandel and bringing in some guys but like I mean, obviously, I brought in Cam Atkinson and the Voracek deal and stuff, but like, um, you know, with Claude gone, like, it's going to be Coots, it's going to be Hayes, it's Atkinson. But then, other than that, I mean, it's not like, I mean, like, Pro Rob's a veteran, but like, he's still on the younger side. Connect needs a veteran, but he's like not like a Giroux type veteran or somebody's, but even like Victoria, like, veteran who's been around the league for a while. Um, so I'm interested to see how his style will work. That said, Cam Atkinson pushed very hard for Torts and likes him a lot. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know him personally. I am obviously not on the inside, um, you know, from people I do know uh, that are around the organization. They, uh, they're excited about the hire. I'm just like, but, uh, you know, I think the Flyers are just in a very precarious situation given the group that owns them being Comcast, like, I don't know if they're committed to winning hockey games or if they're committed to selling tickets yeah, and just making money. Um, I don't really believe in the direct, like I, I think Chuck Fletcher has done some like really good things and like, like had some tough breaks go against him. Like, like nobody could have foreseen Ryan Ellis's health being as bad as it was this year, even though he has had health problems. Like, like he was healthy when you traded Nolan Patrick and Phil, Phil Myers for him which I would do that deal 10 times out of 10. Nolan Patrick stunk and <laughs> Phil Myers, like, like good player, but like you're getting Ryan Ellis. Like Ryan yeah. Ellis is a legit top pairing defenseman in the NHL. Like Couturier got hurt this past year. Hayes got hurt. There's COVID stuff. JVR hasn't lived up to, I mean, like there's, there's a lot of things. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I think Torts is going to make them a more formidable team next year. No doubt. Just from the sheer fact of like, accountability discipline he demands a lot and and that i'm like excited to see how he interacts with the philadelphia media like i think that'll be very entertaining um i think he's a very entertaining person um but i you know uh, being from philadelphia where you know i personally not to get into politics didn't agree with donald trump on too many things but he did say bad things happened in philadelphia and he was not wrong um <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm pessimistic right now. Um, yeah. I, I shouldn't say pessimistic. I'm just very, you know, I, I care so much. And yeah. like, like Dom saw me for years argue with anybody with two ears 
who had an alternative opinion than me. And like <laughs> at a lunch table, banging my goddamn hand. Like I, like, I just can't, I follow, like I, I follow and I care so much, but like, I'm just not gonna, I, I can't do, do it anymore. Like I can't do this. Like, Oh, we're going to be really good again this year. <laughs> Like, slow, uh, slowly, like, slowly, reality is set in, and, well, that, and it's like again, like getting older, perspective, understanding, exactly, like, exactly, understanding thing. Like I, I don't know. Like, cool. Like we might compete for the fucking wild card spot again. Like I don't, like I don't care. Like, like who cares? Like, what? Like I remember getting to the cup in 2010, and like, like being having, so having close. like so much, yeah, like so yeah. like like and like like I, and it's like I, I mean, again, it's like a sports moment where like I didn't. I didn't understand the full grasp of sports yet. Obviously, like I just see like the Phillies were nasty during that time, winning in 08, and then they lost in 09 to the Yankees in the World Series. And so it's like, oh, Flyers are in the Cup, another Philly team's great. Like, like, and I was like, the Flyers were my team. Obviously, I was a hockey player as a kid, and like that that was the sport I cared most about. So like, I was devastated. Like, uh, as anybody in Philly was, like that goal will forever live in my mind. Like that's up there with the Kawhi shot. Like it's those two are the most painful moments of sports in my life. And, uh, and, you know, having realized like how close and far away we were at that time. And like, then, you know, it's been 12 years, um, and we've been to the second round twice, maybe three times, uh, twice, twice. Cause we beat the penguins in 2012 in the first round, which felt like Stanley cup, like beating Sid, but like, and then like, I think they'd be somebody else after that, but I mean, they're, they're so far away and it's, it's, uh, you know, I just hope they're watchable. I hope I can enjoy watching hockey. It's like, it's just <laughs> this past year was not fun. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. With the I like it. I like it. Well, Springer, you got any other, uh, any, any other flyers related talking points? Cause if not, I'll, I'll jump into our last question and, uh, give, yeah, give Noah, I mean, Noah the rest of his evening back. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, I, I feel like kind of like what you were touching on with like the Flyers as a whole, they're a very young team now, especially. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Torts has a very old NHL style of coaching. Yeah. And just the, his coaching methods and everything. And I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of like with you. I just, I don't know if that's going to really hit and relate to those younger guys the way it would. Yeah, and he's had say and he's you had, know 10, 15 years ago, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Like he's, and it's even like I, I really think it's like guys at like a different stage of life. Like I think like it's just like maybe it would hit a twenty-eight year old a lot different than it would, a, or a twenty-six year old a lot different than it will a twenty-two year old or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know, he's said that he since being off the bench and like he was obviously on ESPN for a little bit and yeah, um, doing stuff like he's become more open-minded. Um, I think a lot of coaches say that like it was mm-hmm. like, pretty not hockey, but like, like uh, Mike McCarthy for the Cowboys said he was like an analytics guy and then turned out like to not like use analytics at all to like such a point that like it became an opposite news story that like once he was the Cowboys coach, like he like basically just flat out lied. Um, so like, I, I have no idea, like I'll give him a chance cause he's a human being like, he, and I think he deserves that chance. Like any person does in any scenario, um, who's trying to do their best, but like, yeah, I'm just, I'm skeptical. So yeah, dude, it is, no. it is what it is. Yeah. 
no, dude, I totally get that. All right, no, we're gonna jump into our last question. Kind of a, a staple question because you know a lot of the a lot of the pod we try to get into uh, new fan bases to hockey. You know, we're, we're trying to we're trying to kind of be that that middle ground of we we try to talk hockey enough and in depth enough that people can understand it, but not so in depth that somebody that's new to the game can't follow along with what the hell we're saying. And so. Sure. Trying to do that, obviously, we're going to hit a lot of markets that that are, you know, not very hockey focused. And so our question to you is, if time and money weren't a factor and that didn't matter, how would you go about growing the game of hockey, whether that's in your city or whether that's in the U.S. or I mean, like, you know, obviously you lived in Kansas City, um, you know. Yeah, it, it, I think I have what, some good what, perspective on it because I've been. Yeah, in a lot exactly. Of You've been in a lot of, of hockey markets. markets. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of it is really just like exposing people to it and educating them, and like, like, because I think so many people just know the fighting or like just think of like the guys with no teeth or whatever. And <laughs> you know, the reason that I love hockey so much and like think at its highest level it is the greatest sport in the world is because I think it's a fantastic combination of or, or takes fantastic like aspects of other sports that I love and combines them to be this really cool blend of physicality and skill that you know y- you get the like higher level of physicality in football with like less there's no like I'm not saying there's no skill in football there's obviously skill in football but like you know you're not dangling people like that it's it's a little it's obviously different you, that's more of like a basketball-y type skill and, and or lacrosse like however you want to say it, it's just this like combination of of different things so i think it's just like if time and money weren't a factor i think it's it's a lot about accessibility obviously money i, I think money is the biggest thing like if, if 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 somebody can find a way to make this game more affordable it will be the most popular sport in the world like i fully believe that there are so many kids that i talk to you know whether it be in college that like or at umass there were so many kids who like grew up in mass and they would go to their high school's hockey games, didn't know a lot about it. And then they came to UMass and became huge hockey fans because we were awesome. And uh, or I should say the team was awesome. And they, they became exposed to it and they got to go and be in the environment and have fun in it and, and appreciate the greatness of the players we had. So like, I guess I would say making it more accessible, you know, like for Kansas city's sake, like if somebody could finally build a rink at Overland park, like they said they were going to like, for once it would be awesome i like legit like that has always been a a dream of mine has been to come back to kansas city and like be a part of kansas city youth hockey and help influence a lot of good uh initiatives for the kids in that area but i also like i don't know i mean like i think it's it's kind of a two eats their own thing too i mean like people are going to be naturally disposed to whatever they're disposed to so you know these types of questions are tough for me because like i'll I'll get in my head and, and think like, Oh, like uh, all about all these different scenarios. But I, I, I guess like the short winded way of talking through all of that would be making it more accessible um, and just educating more people about it and like helping kids understand what it actually is opposed to like just fighting and like dumb mm-hmm. shit that get people think. It, yeah. It's not yeah. like, it's like I wear a cage. Like I can read, like I had a couple concussions, <laughs> but like I can, <laughs> like like i can read like i'm not an idiot and be like i, I can I, mean, I can come up with 12 words in a day to you know write down let's not a, push a it word let's document. not push it sorry 11 <laughs> words 10 to 11 yeah god damn like these fucking <laughs> expectations this tape the tape podcast 
<laughs> but like, like, no. Uh, so yeah, that's, 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 that would be my general gist of it. But I, I really think it's I, like more so just a thing I, I wish more people had in the world was like an open mind, yeah. like, like just being okay with the idea that you might've been wrong about something, like whether it be not even like wrong, but just like you might've perceived something differently than it actually was. And then like mm-hmm. giving it a try, like yourself in person, rather than just like going on YouTube or like seeing a 30 second clip on Twitter or something like I wish more people would take the initiative to like whether it be just trying to ice skate or or like actually sitting down and watching a game for more than five minutes and going oh the the puck's too small on tv like <laughs> like or oh like it's no, really no, nobody fought within three minutes of me watching the game this is dumb like you know yeah, like, like there are so many like I I think so many of the things that I appreciate hockey appreciate about a hockey game are like there's so many subtleties of the game that are just like so difficult that like these guys at the top level make so easily but since people don't play it themselves they don't understand it understand and that's, it. And, that's and it's and it's not an indictment of those people no obviously but like basketball has kind of become like a second love for me because i can go out in my driveway and shoot hoops whenever and like as i've played more basketball i've become a bigger basketball fan because i watch the nba and i'm like i cannot believe that guy made that shot with the guy's hand in his mouth. Like he's literally <laughs> sucking on his thumb and he made that jumper. Like, I don't know how he did that. And like, you have like these seven foot two monsters, like Joel Embiid or Giannis, who are just doing like the most athletic freakish things in the world. So like a lot more people like relate to that because they can go out in their driveway and try the moves right. themselves. They can't like, even in Kansas city, like when we were kids trying to play and practice and stuff, like, like I skated twice a week maybe three times if I was lucky. And, and the other days of the week, it was shooting pucks or getting on my rollerblades and like hoping I could either find somewhere that was half decent or like that my driveway, like, you know, wasn't going to be shitty that day or something like, you know, like it's only so much you can do. So, yeah, I mean, I wish roller hockey was more of a thing too, because that's like, that is accessible. And like, it like is a great way to educate these people. Like, Cause it's so much more skill-based and with all these babies worried about their head getting mushed in, like, <laughs> I want to be able to read when I'm 65, like shut up and play sports. <laughs> Reading's overrated. doesn't matter. But yeah. Like, like literally just, do you know how many things you can watch on these stupid boxes? All of us have in our living rooms. Yeah, you don't need four. to read anymore. I have you don't need TVs. to read anymore. <laughs> Why would I read a book? Actually, I read, I actually finished my first book since middle school the other day. Wow. Like, no way. Uh... Yeah, so that was. I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I did it. Like, I'll be. Like, I'll, I'll be. I'll, I will be honest. I still. I still read all the time. I, I actually. Oh. I just gave my book. I just ooh. finished the book yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually, actually, when I finished the book, I wedged myself and gave myself a swirly just to like remind myself, like, how much just to remember, nerd like, I am. hey, you're a nerd. You don't. You don't yeah. deserve to read and feel. Good I stuffed about my. It. I stuffed myself in a locker with like a, a lock that like has a timer on it. So I was like. I have to sit in here for three hours and think about every <laughs> stupid page I read when I could have played, been playing video games. Was it, was it worth dubs. it? <laughs> so yeah, with that like, being said, which Dr. Seuss book was it? <laughs> How did you know? That's crazy. I'm a redfish, bluefish guy. Uh, like, there we go. Cat in go. so basic. Everybody's it like, oh, cat in I'm a green eggs and ham kind of guy. Oh. Everybody, everybody says green eggs and ham too, though. It's like I haven't once ever seen a green egg. Not once have I ever seen a green egg. Well, so you, clearly, you, clearly, 
you clearly never ate breakfast at the Legato House on St. Patrick's Day morning. Well, um, <laughs> first of all, I guess the, the I guess my carrier pigeon got shot down on the way over. Thanks for the invite. Uh, I guess sunk, it did. But yeah, that's true. But, that's true. <laughs> sunk. And then also, also, I'm Jewish. The fuck would I do on St. Patrick's Day? You think Wait, I have an Irish you, bone you in know, my body? You know, you know, dude. I, do you think I have an Irish bone in my body? I'm more Italian than anything. And, and, yeah, and I don't even know why day, I said at that. At the end of the day, you uh, want to know it's funny. You want to know it's just a great excuse to drink green beer and get hammered. Like you don't, you don't have to be Catholic or or Christian or. Are whatever. you telling me Teresa was serving you green beers at like 13 years old for breakfast with your green well, eggs and ham? <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, who's saying that's a Teresa move though? That's a Teresa move. Now, first now, of all, we know that wasn't happening because Josh would have never allowed it. And Never. second of all, <laughs> second of all, your story just got totally flipped on its back. So how does that feel? Buddy? Uh, I'm saying that as a kid, it was green eggs. Uh, as an adult, it is green beer. I'll take any excuse I can to drink beer. I don't care what fucking color it is. Hey, <laughs> Jano, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug yourself? And if you do have at it right now. I'd like to plug my resume. Um, somebody please <laughs> like, hire me like and give for me somebody to give me so a I job, please. Of, yeah, like I know I sounded as dumb as a human being could possibly sound in these last however long it's been I've been on the podcast. <laughs> but like I promise that like in a workspace I am serious sixty five percent of the time and like try to get my work done <laughs> and like do it in a time efficient manner. And like I try like all I can do is my best. And like that's that's right. You know what? I'm gonna hang my hat at the end of the day knowing I did that. And largely it's good. Like you could ask my employers, like I do try. Um like I'm not an idiot. Like this is just like with my friends. But um uh let me think. But yeah again like my resume like somebody please hire me. I want to get out of my parents' basement. Thanks. I love it. I Thanks love for the it. time. Well, I'll be here all, all week. Try the veal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ladies and gents, there you have it. That was our interview with uh, my longtime buddy, uh, teammate, towel boy. Uh, I can read. Ring, ring, ring wearer. I do get a hockey's championship ring this year. Literally. So pretty sick. There you go. Wait, Man. actually, real quick. Winning hockey East TD Garden was like the coolest thing ever. Like getting to lift that trophy. Like, I don't know how we didn't talk about I, that. But, I like, can't imagine. It was the coolest thing ever. Like, like we won in overtime too, and it was crazy because our first line center, Josh Lapina, he broke every stick that we brought for him. So like, <laughs> except his last one. So like, we're literally like, my bosses were like freaking out, like going like, oh my god, what's he gonna use? He's been breaking one like every face off. Like, god damn it! And so he's running back. He's about to run back and get like one of the other guys' sticks, and then we score, we win. Like the 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 hugging everybody, like hugging the coaching staff was the coolest thing. It, like it literally felt like the cup. Like like obviously like you're always. But then like, I mean like actually getting the chance to like hoist a trophy like that, like in front of like a like there was a huge UMass section and like hoisting the trophy and getting like yeah! Yeah! <laughs> like was so oh my god it was the most unbelievable surreal experience of my life and like being like right outside the Bruins locker room the whole thing was so dope but. Honestly, guys, like, thank you so much. Yeah, like, thank you so much for having me on. Like, I live for this type of shit. And, you know, Dom, I miss you dearly, buddy. Springer was, like, unreal to meet you. I I guarantee you we would be fast friends in any scenario. Dude, pleasure Um, was all mine, man. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to try to Fuck get a you, man. My pleasure. KC. Glad to meet you. <laughs> we'll have to, uh, we'll have to get a little KC meet up for the boys. Meet him, meet him. That'd be sweet. Uh, without a doubt. Maybe, maybe do a little live episode. Ooh. Uh, 
but yeah, no, dude, it was, it was great having you on. You were fantastic. I mean, some of the, some of the stories, uh, I mean, <laughs> getting a, getting a Fortnite dub with Makar as well as telling him to <laughs> suck it, suck it, suck it. That's what I like. Tell him, to, it. Tell, tell him to, to suck it after beating him in a hand up poker as a, as a freshman in college. And, I mean, you just, yeah, you can't, like, you can't make all the Hobie, middle of a Hobie Baker season too. Like I just told that guy to, <laughs> And then it was oh, crazy, it. too, because he was, like, the most mild-mannered kid. And then his brother, Taylor, this year, came in as a freshman and was just, like, so funny, goofy dude, way bigger than Kale, too. Like, um, and, like, end of the year after the season, then we went out a couple times. And, uh, uh, I mean, like, I mean, like, we were having a party and stuff throughout the year and whatnot, but it was just, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> and then some if, – if, like, I have – so many good stories like from from the years yeah. um for another time if you like oh like, absolutely literally. oh we'll absolutely. be having you back on for there, sure there there will okay, be cool. another time don't don't you worry yeah, about that like, there will be there, a part two as always guys we love to have you listening i i know it's i know it's repetitive i hate saying it i promise i promise I hate saying it more than you hate hearing it, but I got to because otherwise it doesn't happen. Hit us with that like, follow, subscribe, all the above, whatever the whatever the buttons to push, the, the notifications, all that stuff. It means a lot to us, helps us out a, a, a whole hell of a lot. And at the end of the day, it, it, it allows us to keep, keep putting out more content for you guys and uh, especially more content that you guys want to see. So do all the do all the button stuffs. That's yeah. And rate us five stars too. Rate us five stars oh, and yeah. then just rate give us, us too, a yeah. comment. Give us a comment of like your best chirp or something. Like direct it towards us. Yeah, direct it towards us or something. Like, yeah, us. please. For sure. Please give us a good chirp because we need it. Because I uh, prefer to get told how much I suck and how much other people hate me. If that could continue. And we could get like all the viewers saying this stuff. That'd be be great. Be great. We need it. We need it. But again, thanks to the shout out to Jano for joining yeah. us this pod. It was yes, that was amazing. Great having him on. He, he was phenomenal. Uh, I hope you guys got a kick out of some of the stories that he told. He will definitely be back. Uh, he he was again. He was just such a joy to have on the pod. A lot of a lot of life. A lot of energy. Great time talking with him. So. Let, it, let us know what you guys thought. Let us let us know what you want to hear next. Let us know if you have any ideas for uh, other interviews, maybe. We'd love to hear them. And until then, guys, uh, until, until we, uh, we get another update on the Stanley Cup Finals, one love. One love, guys. One love, guys.